I like that you're adding yourself as a still calls her dad, daddy girl. That's interesting. Care to comment? No, that's mm, the only time I say it. I would no, 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 never. Got it, got it, got it. Hello and welcome to episode number 534 of the podcast. I'm your host, Sonx McCoy. And I'm your other host, Jamie Golden. The podcast is a show dedicated to delightful idiocy, and we're committed to educating you on the things that entertain but do not matter. To find out more about these situationally comedic pursuits, check us out at knoxandjamie.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Podcast, and we're on Twitter at Podcast Pod. Thanks for joining us this week as we are going to be discussing the very first episode of Friends. But before we do that, did you forget to buy your aunt or your coworker? Maybe your mother-in-law, your therapist. Did you forget to buy them a gift for the holidays? Well, we got you. Our staff made an, uh-oh, dang it, last-minute gift guide. And you can snag it by being on our free Note for the Audio newsletter list. It comes out Friday, December 15th. Join the almost 25,000 folks who get our delightful little newsletter each and every week. Simply head to the link in the show notes or visit knoxandjamie.com newsletter and sign up. If you're listening after December 15th, you can still grab the last-minute gift guide at knoxandjamie.com last minute. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. All right, Jamie, we, um, we're going to be talking about Friends, the very first episode of the television program, Friends. Um, but a little inside baseball, we were actually planning on running this next week, but we're doing That's it right. this week. We've had some internal displacement due to this weekend's storms. So we're just flip-flopping for we're the sake of everybody. We're just flip-flopping around. I know, because yeah. you might be like, this doesn't feel very holiday-ish. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, It's not. But guess what? Uh, Tornado Alley. Uh, we have too many people living in Tornado Alley. That's what we figured out. And also, when did tor- tornadoes start coming in December? Not yeah. cool, Mother Nature. Not cool. So we uh, swapped it around. But this was a pilot program episode that we did for BFOTS, and this was super fun, although we released this episode on October 20th, and Matthew Perry died eight days later, which is not our fault, right. but it does, we just want to, you to know that, because when you listen to this, we don't know that he will die, and we just talk about the show as if everybody's doing great. 
Because if we did know, that would imply that we did have something to do with his death, but we did not. We just want to be on the record. We did Yeah, not. we want to be clear. We, this is not a vigilante situation. No. Because we are no. anti-vigilante. That's right. That's we right. remain that. We feel very confident about that. We didn't cause the tornadoes this weekend. No. We didn't cause what happened to Matthew Perry. We're just reacting to these things. You know, yeah. that's just what you got to do. We're doing the best we can. So so for those who don't know, our pilot program series is where we deep dive the first episode of a TV series from the past or present. We have done that all year this year. Previous pilot program episodes include Schitt's Creek, The O.C., Desperate Housewives, Queen Charlotte, The Last of Us, and Daisy Jones and the Six. Plus our December choice, which was uh, Knox's choice, is the Fishes episode of The Bear. So that was kind of a, we instead of a pilot episode, we did the Christmas episode of The Bear, which is iconic and we love it. And so many people who don't like The Bear said they watched it and they were like, oh, I'm into this now. Like, mm. this was amazing. This episode was great. So the great thing is BFOTS, if you become a BFOTS, you can get access to a year's worth of content. So you can get all those episodes. If you're like, I do want to know what your thoughts are on Desperate Housewives. Well, we have them and we shared them and you can listen to them. That's right. So you are going to uh, listen to uh, the pilot program version of Friends. We're going to break into there for a couple ad uh, breaks at some point, and then we'll meet you on the other side with our lights. Hello, and welcome to this very special edition of Pilot Program. Joining me, as always, when she first came to the city, she lived with this albino guy who cleaned windshields at the Port Authority for finding aromatherapy. It's Jamie Golden. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that we're doing this pilot program. <laughs> this is our show where we keep tabs on new and sometimes old TV. For this episode, we'll be discussing the quite old friends. I'm Rachel. I'm Joey. I'm Phoebe. I'm not doing this. Come on. You know, this is a shameless, exploitive attempt to get people to watch our show. Exactly. Friends, Thursday nights, right here on NBC. Would you stop? They've got us in our underwear. We're never going to be in our underwear. We're not going to be in our underwear, are we? Friends, between Mad About You and Seinfeld, Thursdays this fall. And if you want to watch or rewatch with us as we go, uh, you can check out the show on, I'm sure that people have like some VHSs or some DVDs. Oh. I, I did it the, uh, the the new school way and I watched it on HBO Max. That's how I did it. Yes, I watched it on, you can watch all 10 seasons on HBO Max. And I was like, do I still own? Because I did have every season on a variety of VC, uh, VHS tape and DVD. Wow. And I do not. I did I did donate those. So I don't have them anymore. Look but at that. I did. Yeah. Look at that. Um, also, a big shout out to all of you for being here, for making this recap series possible, and for supporting our small business. Your support means the world to us. And it means we get to live out on our own and not on our father's credit cards. And we appreciate that. <laughs> you know, that's a big Which, deal. Uh, Chuck really is very grateful for that. Because I'll tell you, Chuck did not believe that this would work out. He was yeah. assuming that one day I would come and eventually be like, can I borrow $500? Daddy, <laughs> Chuck feels daddy. like a late adopter on the credit cards. It, it didn't feel like he had like oh, multiple credit cards. N- listen, they have a debit card and they use that only in emergencies. That feels their right. Deb- their debit card. It, it feels like instead of like a gun safe, they have a credit card safe where there's like fingerprint to get it out, you know, only that's in right. a weird like set of uh, circumstances. No, that's 100% right. Yes, that's right. Um, okay, so what is this show, Friends? I mean, well, before we like uh, diagnose like what it is, like I mean, th- this was I know like for a fact this is more in your sweet spot than it was mine. I just because it was a, I was a little younger, I came yeah. to it later. I didn't come to it sequentially, and it was kind of really. I think there was more like cultural runoff influence to me than me sitting down and being like I'm watching 
every single episode this season of Friends. I would go in and out, but it was never a consistent thing for me. Okay. So I will be representing the Gen X uh, contingent today for sure, because this show defined my Thursday for a decade. Um, This show began a month after I started college. So freshman year. Oh, wow. For real. Freshman year, Dickie Dorm. Uh, my roommate, Jim Ben, and I would host the viewing party on Thursday night on my Magnavox 19-inch TV VCR combo. We would record it for Brandy, who lived across the hall because she always had to work at the gym on mm. Thursday nights. And listen, this was so much a part of my identity. My, I had the Rachel haircut. Um, mm. My blog, Jamie's Rabbits, that I would start years later, uh, every post was labeled the one. Like I did it just like the episodes are like the one with Ross's monkey or whatever. And then my family to this day, despite me specifically asking them to stop, they will give me friend stuff as birthday gifts, as Christmas gifts, because they only understood my love of pop culture as she likes Star Wars, the movie. Sure. And friends, the TV show. They just didn't think I liked other things. And That's so, a helpful like, way to understand somebody, to be honest. Listen, I have all the friends Lego sets, multiple, multiples in boxes. And I just did you put them together them. yourself or did you buy them like fully formed? No, they've given to me and I have not put them together at all. Oh, like, they're still in the box. They're still in the box, like in that. the closet. I have, t- I have the door picture frame. I have all the mugs, the co- like I have all the central perk. I have an eyeshadow palette, which is very dusty. Um, so this was very much a part of, because this was, we'll talk about it later, but this was like who I thought I was going to be was one of the members of this group of people. Was there a specific one? You're like, um, I'm kind of zooming in on Rachel here. Like that's my Well, destiny. listen, I wanted to be Rachel. I knew deep down I was Phoebe with a Joey wing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to do, if you're going to talk me into a person, like an Enneagram personality test with oh. friends, like I'm, I'm by. I don't know how that works, but I'm bought in on that completely. Yeah, because I feel like you are a Chandler with a Monica wing, uh, or with a Ross wing. God, that's a great question. I do think the clincher, having spent 13 seconds thinking about this, and as much as I don't like this, Ross's right. affinity for dinosaurs and museums puts it up. I know. Top, you know, he loves the chart. I'm sure he, he loves the chart. Yeah. I, I will say we'll get to it. But uh, the incest energy with Monica was something I was not prepared for, but I do feel like does beg some conversation. Ah, uh, so much conversation. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, the biggest thing for me was it, uh, b- because I'm more of an outside in context with the show, I couldn't help but really notice the How I Met Your Mother, the Himyum uh, influence. Oh, yeah. This is the influence on, on How I Met Your Mother, obviously. Yeah. And how Ted is that combination of, of, of Ross and Monica, that straight normal who is fixated on love with kind of zany people dotting the periphery. I feel like this, uh, I, I prefer this version, obviously. Um, there's so much, a, a pilot is a pilot is a pilot, and there's going to be some awkwardness, there's going to be some clunkiness, there's going to be evolution and development. But all things considered, I thought this was a pretty great pilot. It starts off a little weird, and I'm like, wait, yeah. what are we doing here? And Because we're just establishing people. But once we get through like the mechanics of who these people are, this really kind of sings in a good way. It sings so well that you could watch this episode and then not watch another episode for six seasons. Yeah. And know exactly where you are. You would know everything about these characters. You you might miss some details about like, oh, he had a role on Days of Our Lives. Yeah. But like you, these characters are still The so hair changes of, and that's pretty much it. That's it. These people are really... Like, you know, a lot, I'm really impressed in that in 21 minutes, truly Mm -hmm. 21 minutes, they give you 
almost everything you need to know to ride hard for these characters. Yeah. It's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. Um, so we have, um, you know, some uh, uh, superlatives uh, that we're going to get to. Before we do that, do you want to do some contextual information on yeah. the show if people don't know about Friends? Okay. So it started in 1994. It ran for 10 seasons with this ensemble cast. It revolves around six friends in their 20s and 30s who live in Manhattan. Um, it was created by David Crane and Marta Kaufman, both of whom have created a lot of shows, more than just one. Like right now, Marta Kaufman, she created Gracie and Frankie. Really? And so, yes. Isn't that crazy? That. Anyway, uh, both of them, by the way, uh, so successful. They're worth $400 million each. Each. So they're I just don't fine. know if I'd be working that hard if I've got $400 Never. million in the bank. I'm not running know. a show. I'm worth $400 million. That's it. Yeah. I'm sitting in my house looking at TikToks all day. But <laughs> the players in this obviously go on to big things. All the actors, well, go on to fame. Not yes. necessarily go on to big things. Uh, there is one standout, uh, which is for sure Jennifer Aniston. But what the show, it ends up uh, getting nominated for 62 primetime Emmys. It finally wins Best Comedy in its eighth season. That's wow. how long it took. And it ranked in, uh, it's reached the number one spot of all TV shows in its eighth season. It was like, it was almost like you showed up too. Like you were like, Oh, I caught up. I'm here now. Yeah. I'm an adult. Millennials showed up. And uh, the series finale, which aired on May 6, 2004 was watched by 52 million American viewers. That's unbelievable. Just America. It's the fifth most watched series finale in television history. And I feel like the, like the, the, for the context on that number, it, you know, you'll hear like the MASH uh, series finale, and it was yeah. watched by like 15 billion people. Right. Friends, the finale, it had already started to become real stratified. So that's a huge number in a world that it's already really breaking apart in terms of viewership. It's it's really stunning. And so the show was, I would say, of sitcom history and a lot of lists. You can look at all the big lists, Variety and Empire and Deadline, of like the best TV sitcoms of all time, this is always in the top five, like consistently. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like the best sitcom of the 2000s. It really what it's something that to this day, like I, you can hear people just quote it. I quote it. But like in everyday conversation, you will still hear and get a sense. And I think some people develop their personalities around the person they identified with on the show. Like, yeah. and they're like, that's who I am because of Monica. I am Monica. Yeah. I, and I think um, it's lack of uh, uh, awards and recognition. I think that it, it's strange, but I also, I also think it speaks to, um, it was, it's a, it's a iconic show. I think it is iconic because it's more culturally important than it is good. Yes. It's still good. And it's a, it's an excellently done half hour comedy, but I think, the ceiling on what that means and how good that can be is only so high. But I think it obviously it'll be more remembered for its influence and its impact on the culture. And I think you can see that you, you alluded to it. Um, everyone who worked on the show, uh, at least in front of the camera or, you know, broadly in front of the camera, the most famous thing about the, like the, the first line in their obituary is they were on the show. It, it will not be anything else. Some people will get some other stuff involved, but for the most part, being on the show is the most important thing in their life and probably generationally speaking. Oh, absolutely. And the reason I think it didn't, because I was looking at who was winning the Emmys. If they weren't winning the Emmys, who was? And in the first half of the show's run, it was Frasier, which is weird because now this month, we now have yet Frasier yet again. 
Like, yeah, Frazier you know has come back. You're going to bring back Frazier. You're going to look at me and God <laughs> and Jesus in heaven. And you're going to bring back Frazier, but you're not going to bring back Niles? You're not going to bring back Niles, and we're going to move back to Boston? What we're the, not what, a Boston show. What kind what of Frankenstein like? hell is this? Excuse me, sir. No, no, thank you. No, I don't like it. So, yeah, you know, and I think um, th- there's a there's a conversation about the the things that are uh, in terms of, like the most prestigious, the best quality, uh, the the highest form of the art. It's never going to be uh, culturally embraced in mass. Right. There, right. I think these are two different, two different things we're talking about. You can be, you can have more fans or more stage. You can have both at the same time. And I think Friends is a great example of more fans. Whereas you look at a show like a, a, an hour drama or um, something with a shorter run that has more critical acclaim. But I think you know, it's it, it, it. Your mileage may vary on which one is which. But I think uh, Friends gets as close as it, uh, as a show can get to being really excellent in the form it's trying to be, but also being almost transcendent in terms of how it affects, you know, Western culture. Oh, yes. Because I think about even now, like a show we both love, Abbott Elementary, mm-hmm. which is on network TV. So it's, you could compare closer to apples to apples and it's an ensemble show, but it's got a much smaller viewership because of just, it's just, and it's got a lot of prestige. It's, it's won a lot of Emmys. It will continue to win a lot of Emmys because yeah. it's a really well done show, but it's just never going to have the viewership. And I know, you might be listening and being like, no, we all watch Abbott Elementary. Yeah, you do. But not everybody of every age watches Abbott Elementary. No. Because no, unfortunately it's just don't. a smaller, it's just, a, it, it's a pie with a lot more slices than it yeah. was in 1994. So. Also, you're asking a lot of flyover boomer Karens to watch a show about black people. And I'm just, I'm, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they just aren't <laughs> going to do that sometimes. Yeah. It. And then the the homeschoolers and the charter schoolers, they're like, Ugh, public schools. Yeah. It's so tough. It's so tough. Yeah. Ooh, gross. Yeah. No, no, thank you. <laughs> so the weather's getting warmer and I'm so excited to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to dresses and tees. I'm so glad that I found Quince because not only can I update my wardrobe for the long haul, but I can do it without spending a fortune. Even penthouse Jamie, she's trying to save her cash dollars in this economy. But y'all know how I value quality and I want to find timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Now, Quince has just restocked their $40 linen wide leg pant, which I am super bummed to try. They have such a nice drape to them and they're 100% linen, which means they'll be super breathable and I'll feel like I'm wearing no pants at all, which is my preference. I'm also loving the look of the organic cotton gauze roll sleeve shirt, which is also $40. Guys, true story. Like, they have great pieces. I am obsessed with the cardigan I have and the sunglasses I have. The Leon sunglasses are dope. Their prices truly cannot be beat. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics. They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass that savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pop for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pop to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash pop. This episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Aura Frames. It's Knox here with your annual reminder that Mother's Day is just around the corner this year. Let's think outside the box a little bit, guys. Forget sweaters, candles, or the dreaded bathrobe. They're also predictable and boring. That's why this year I'm recommending you get an Aura Frame. It's the perfect gift to mix things up and give a gift that shows some real thoughtfulness and is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. We actually have one of these in our house right now, and we absolutely love it. It only takes about two minutes to set up, and it was super easy. Between all the kids, I was a little worried we'd run out of room, but it has free unlimited storage for photos and videos, and you can invite as many people 
as you want to contribute to the frame. Now that the kids are a little older, we've added them as contributors to the frame. And it's been really fun to see a few of their photos pop up from events they attend without us. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code podcast at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. All right, picture this. It's finally getting warmer and you're picking up the after work run or a workout, but it's 4 p.m. and you're ready for a little snack to keep you going. What you want is something with clean, wholesome ingredients, but it's hard to find a snack that is great on the go and also fills you up enough to make a difference. Get ready to find out how good healthy snacks can taste with Chomps. We're big fans of Chomps in my house because not only is it so easy and convenient, but it's made with natural ingredients that taste great. Whether I'm prepping for recordings or taking one of the kids to one of their many end-of-year activities, I always have a Chomp stick with me. They're also allergy-friendly, so I never have to worry about one of the kids deciding they want to take it with them. Chomp sticks come in 10 delicious bold flavors, so there's a healthy snack option for everyone, or grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. They're even smaller chomplings for a quick snack for any kids in your life. Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash popcast. Go to chomps.com slash popcast to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash popcast. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big, small ones, whether it's the stress that comes with planning a big event, having to redo the electrical in your entire house unexpectedly, or simply having to go on a picnic lunch when you'd rather be home pantless watching your favorite show. Stress is truly a universal experience that if left unchecked can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest and work through anything that's weighing you down big or small. I've truly noticed such a difference in my stress level since I started therapy years ago, making it a priority and a consistent part of my routine has allowed me to relieve my stress in a very safe environment instead of bottling it all. As someone who has a hard time sitting in my feelings, it's given me the habit of reflection so I can identify and deal with stressors early on before they overwhelm me. BetterHelp is a convenient, flexible, and entirely online, making it easy to stay consistent. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash popcastpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash podcastpod. <laughs> okay, so that's a great baseline. Um, why don't we talk about some of the things we like? Jamie, what's the first thing that you liked in this? Listen, I do love an ensemble. I have always loved an ensemble when it comes to a sitcom, especially an ensemble where there really is no captain of the ship. And mm. that is what I really love about Friends because you think sort of it's going to be Monica. Yeah. But even in it's, this the, pilot, the pilot definitely sets, sets that up. It does. Like she's but a we, straight. That's right. But she ends up not being that. I would argue she's one of the weirder. Like she, it, she moves down the or she moves up the, the tier of weirdness as mm-hmm. the series goes on. But I also she was the only person that people really knew at that point because yeah. she was, because the only you, people kind of knew uh, Phoebe because literally of, because of mad about you and because her, her she played Ursula, her own right. sister, like, and then we knew Monica from family ties and that Bruce Springsteen. That's right. Uh, uh, video. And so like, I think people were like, well, we know her sort of, and then we really don't know any of these other folks, but I kind of love that. And I, it was a true ensemble, unlike Seinfeld, which was airing at the same time. Mm-hmm. It did not have, like Jerry really was the lead. Although the sweet spot of that show was the other three, like right. they were what made it a delight. 
But in this show, it was really an ensemble. And they carried that. And they didn't have to. Because as the show ages, I like that you see that, like, even the way the script is written, it's like everybody gets great lines. Everybody's Mm -hmm. getting great comedy. Everybody is really well-defined in who they are. And we get some of those core elements, for better or for worse, about those characters. And then I kind of love that that ends up playing out the entire run of the show and even in behind the scenes with like finance negotiations, like easily Jennifer Aniston could have been like, I am worth more than the rest of these yeah. numbnuts, but I'm not going to, but she didn't do that. And it was like, and it ended up benefiting all of them. They should be sending Jennifer Aniston Christmas gifts every year. Yeah. 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 They a hundred percent should. And I'll, I'll speak to that. Like one of the, one of the things I liked was um, just the setup. I think a lot of pilots, especially comedy pilots, um, they'll try to reinvent the wheel. They'll try to do uh, out-of-the-box stuff, avant-garde stuff. And this is just right down the middle. It's a pilot. Mm-hmm. What do you need to understand? You need to understand the world and these people, how this works. Coffee shop is going to be central. Uh, like you said, Courtney Cox, she's the straight normal. She's the person we identify with and we can like understand. And then it gets weird layers from there, right? And you got Matthew Perry. He's uh, zany and sarcastic, has dreams about his his phone or his dong's a phone or whatever and his mom's calling that's crazy love it they don't explain that it just is ross unlucky in love uh phoebe's weird she's just weird rachel's the outsider yeah. and joey is like the uh uh, uh kind of meatheadish struggling actor vain glorious guy right and yes. it's, it's very archetypal um so it's simple and they execute on that but to your point like in later episodes, they innovate off that. They can they can make people, they can bend them weirder or more extreme versions of these archetypes, or they can undo that and bring them back to center a little bit. Or like with Courtney Cox, they can make her a little strange. So I, I liked, um, it was a good reminder uh, to the ensemble uh, notion. I, I think that sounds simple. It's like, no, just more people makes it more better, right? Yes, but um, you have to articulate these six people equally separately yes. and uh uh in a uh, in a quality way uh across the board or else we'll notice like man phoebe's like not really getting any like banger lines or anything like that and i feel like they've really effectively done that and the ability to uh to innovate with combinations and just different kind of storylines it's so it's such a uh smart thing if you can pull it off and obviously the show can pull it off yeah well one of the things i loved about the show for me, just personally, is I loved the scrappy New York vibes of it all. Yeah. And because I was watching this, and I think there's so many shows that if you're watching it at a particularly developmental time in your life, it will imprint on you in such a specific way. And for me, I grew up watching I Love Lucy every night because my mom watched it every night. I watched it every night. We watched The Jeffersons every night on repeats. And then this, and the common denominator in those three is New York city. And Mm. I had decided in college, I was like, I'm going to move to New York city. Like that's what I'm going to do. And so I saved up. I'd never been on a plane like ever in my senior year, my college roommate, Angie and I went to New York city. And I, listen, I first plane ride, first subway ride. I saw rent on the front row and paid $20 for raffle tickets to watch it. I went to Bloomingdale's and I wrestled pants on a clearance rack with Dame Judy Dench. That's right. Right. But I also saw more than a dozen rats over Mm. the course of four days. And that is when I decided I shan't move. Okay. New York it was City. the rats. I, I would have assumed like public urination or anything like that, but it was rats. Rabbits. No, I was listening to a podcast the other day and in the, they, they record in one of their apartments in New York and in the middle of the podcast, she goes, uh oh, she goes, I don't want to tell you you're going to freak out. And the, the partner's like, what is it? And she's like, it's a rat. Mm-mm. No, 
A hundred percent no. I have seen one rat in downtown Birmingham. Yeah. And I have never gone to that restaurant again because it was just, and it wasn't even in the restaurant. It was like down the street. That's nor that's not an, an abnormal thing. Yeah. That's not my that's not my journey. So that's why New York is I love to visit. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. I shan't ever uh build a life there. I yeah. cannot. Rats and cockroaches. I'm I'm sorry. I just no. I, I have principles and I can't yeah. I can't cross those. That's right. Um, you know, the the, the thing, this is simple, I feel like a, a big old basic B word for saying this, but sometimes you just gotta say the things that are true. I like the theme song, Jamie. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you do. I feel like it reset the idea of theme songs. It's kind of like uh, snappy, and uh, I like the personalities of of uh, uh, all the people. Like when they're uh, on the couch, when they're doing the umbrellas. Um, I, I and I really watch it, and I get uh, excited thinking about a director doing this with them for three days and being like, "I need you to be natural, but also dance." And it may feel awkward and it's going to look awkward, but I just need it anyway. So go ahead and do that. Right. Uh, I liked Rachel eating a sandwich with rubber duckies in the fountain and throwing the bread to them. Thank Don't you. understand what that means. Is that a metaphor? I like the decision for um, all of them to wear white and then get in the fountain and then really strategically <laughs> having to cover up Anderson. Uh, yeah. with like a trench coat, you know, and like putting her behind people just because, uh, I don't know if people know, but it, when you're in the water and, and you're wearing white, you know, uh, hygiene. Yeah. Areolas come out to play. They, they do. do. They do. But I, I ranked, uh, the dancing in the theme song oh, okay. sequence. All right. I'm ready. I had Aniston pretty sizably, uh, number one, you know, yeah, of course. Uh, it was an early call. It was an early call on that one. Uh, then I had Matthew Perry. I really liked the <gasps> vibe. I really liked the vibe. I don't know. I don't know what phase of his life he was in, uh, but he felt very energetic. This um, felt so pre-drug. I'm going to be honest. It felt pre-drug. You know, I'm glad you said that because I, I started to be like, this felt like his cocaine era. But then I was like, is that a nice thing to say? Is that a good thing to say? Should I say that? I, I don't, don't know. He, I don't think he could afford cocaine until the season was over. That's a great point. And that he's the one. He's the one. Like you said earlier, like all the different hair changes and all the things. That was you know a defining. If you've read Matthew Perry's uh, yeah. memoir, which I highly recommend that you don't, because he is not likable in it at all. Little sloppy. Um, Little sloppy. Uh, I'm guessing he's not invited to the reunion dinners anymore uh, because of the way he speaks about them. But yeah. he, but he was also going through a really tough addiction during most of the run of the show. But not not. Not quite yet. And so... Now, you mentioned uh, that he probably couldn't afford cocaine. That implies that you understand the cost uh, analysis of cocaine. I don't know. Cocaine feels more expensive than like... Well, I know it's more expensive than pills. I do know that. Okay. Yeah. No, I feel like that's true. I'm going I'm to look this up. So if About I get arrested... The price. Yeah. If oh, I yeah. Like, Do you, you want this on testify. your Google search? <laughs> yes. This was for... Uh, your Honor, we were talking about the TV show Friends, and we needed to know... How much money it costs to buy drugs for yeah. Chandler? Come on, you can't prosecute based on that. Okay, so do you want to guess what a gram, what a gram costs? See, you've already lost me. At, I know. I need it. Is it an ounce? How much is a gram? Dog. The only gram I know is crackers <laughs> and Hancock, and he's a great historian. <laughs> I don't know. I metric would say stuff. gram. A gram of cocaine is forty dollars. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you think Matthew Perry couldn't afford $40 of Coke not, at this point? You, a gram is not enough. you got to have more than a gram, right? I don't know. I don't know. What What do you need? I don't know uh, how much cocaine you need. Because a gram doesn't feel like a line. That's not a whole line. Like, what is a line of Coke? God, this is so confusing. Because it says, <laughs> for no reason, it just says, an eight ball gets its name because it's an eighth of an ounce of cocaine. I didn't know that. And that's three and a half grams. Okay. Okay. So how much is three and a half grams? That would, based on my math earlier, that would be $140. Okay. Three and a half grams is, I'm doing very fast math. 
uh, that is $700. That is $700. <gasps> oh, that's, that's more expensive than I thought. You're that's right. A lot. And an eight ball is like a night. Like you're not living off that. You're not like, oh, can you hand me my eight ball? Like yeah. you've, that's the whole night. I not even like the this, whole night. <laughs> but I like the world where you've bought an eight ball and you've given it to someone like you're uh, uh, Mr. Sam to your Frodo. And you're like, Sam, it's I would time never, for the eight ball now. Seven, no friend in my life has been good enough to me to get a $700 gift. Absolutely nope. not. And I wouldn't no. trust them to hold it. They'd spill that grams everywhere. And I wouldn't oh, like that. I'd be that. so mad. I'd be so so I, mad. it's undetermined whether he was cocaine or not. But he was really good at dancing. I put David Schwimmer next, Courtney Cox, uh, uh, Kudrow, and then LeBlanc dead last. Dead last he, big time. He doesn't have to. He does not have to be physically uh, good at dancing. He doesn't. He's the cutest. He's, he's doing cute a lot one. of like watching and pointing, and then they put him in a folding chair. I think in the water or just beyond the water, and they're like, just sit here and look pretty. Um, so right. I just, you know, I had some notes. I just had some right. notes on that. Anything else you liked? The one other thing I liked is because when you're writing a pilot, you know, you're in pilot season, particularly in the '90s, you're just like, I got to get something made. Like mm-hmm. we got to get something on the air. We're writing one episode. It, you're not thinking about what will season seven be about? <laughs> like now when you write Stranger Things and you present it, you're like, this is the entire arc of five seasons. Like, mm-hmm. I, I promise you, this is what it will look like. We know what Bridgerton will look like for seven years. Like yeah. we just know. And so the fact that they set up Ross and Rachel from the jump. Yeah. And that will be a defining arc in the entirety of the show. I really love that they had the... And it's like a chicken and egg. Like, did they know that it would be this whole thing forever? Or was it just, because I do think this cast has such great chemistry with each other that, and their dynamic is really sweet. Although it is Mm -hmm. the classic youth pastor, hot wife dynamic. One trillion percent. Right. But but the canon establishes that she's already got that kind of type because Barry is a potato face kind of potato head looking guy. Right. I know. But then, but the problem is we know that Paolo is coming. We Mm. know that Brad Pitt is coming. That's also true. And so it's tough to be like, but she chose Ross. But I get it. Listen, this is the world we live in. Look, I mean, look at the casting of this show. Three very pretty women. Yeah. One pretty man. Yeah. Two other men. <laughs> two guys. Yeah. Two guys who are two there other too. Two guys. You like, know? That's fine. Yeah. You know, real update. I, I Googled, uh, it's like a clean recovery center. <laughs> I for think we're going to do a drug update throughout this Wait, episode. No, here's the thing. I'm really getting, the, the chat window opened and I'm getting a really aggressive chat operator who's like, <laughs> well, you don't have to buy you... an eight ball. Like it's too early in the day. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the Eastern time zone though. You should at least wait till seven. <laughs> Like it's, well. I'm chatting back. I'm like, Hey, it's for a podcast. And like, what kind of podcast? I'm like, Ed, I can't convert you to listen. Are right you now. converting listeners to use cocaine? Please, no, listen, please. Our listeners are going to be like, Hey, you charge how much for shipping for that merch? I yeah. can't afford an eight ball. I know listen. we, we charged one and a half eight balls, uh, because yeah. you know, uh, inflation and stuff like that. That's um, right. the only other thing I liked was, uh, Rachel established as a person who has no family or friends to cope with or lean on on the most stressful, dramatic day of her life. So right. she has to just go to someone she kind of knows and wear her silk pajamas and kimono. And everyone accepts that. And I like that simplicity. Listen, she, and the beauty is they're going to hold that. Yeah. The entire show. When we meet her sister, Reese Witherspoon, garbage. <laughs> when we meet her other sister, Christina Applegate, also garbage. Yeah. We meet her parents. We meet Barry and Mindy. They're yeah. all garbage. Like it's they're good. all awful. Yeah. It's consistent. So well done uh, on that front. Um, What did you not like in this pilot? Um, Listen, one of the things that was a bummer for the entirety of all of Friends for me, and, it, and it's weird when I watch this back, because I haven't probably seen this pilot in 
uh, maybe a decade, probably, because um, I don't really go back to it all the time. Yeah. And I was stunned by the fat joke out the gate because mm. fat phobia was the theme on the show. Because as a reminder, fat Monica was the funniest thing that we had ever seen. And oh, now we look that. back and she talks about it in one episode that she is a size uh, 14. And it's like, you guys, you she's, a straight, she's yeah. a straight size. She can shop off the back at Anthropology, And you're calling her the most grotesque person. So they make the joke in the first episode where they're watching the telenovela. And he's like, she should not be wearing those pants. And because it's her backside and they're big and whatever. I thought and it looked then, great, to be honest with you. She I looked it was amazing. Nice. It's a good that's, angle. That's a Kardashian mm-hmm. uh, backside. Yeah. And it's funny because the episode went automatically to the next one. And it, the next episode is the sonogram of like Ross finding out he's going to be a father. Oh, yeah. And his lesbian wife is pregnant uh, or lesbian ex-wife at this point. And Right out of the gate, one of the jokes, because Ross and uh, Monica's parents are there, and they say, remember this family? The big one really loved you. And I was like, oh. Wow. They stuck with it. God, they really ran this. So I did I did not love the way that they treated, because uh, uh, any nobody was fat on the show ever. Not even a little fat. Like, not even a little fat. Like, yeah. It was tough. And so I've never liked it. And I hate that it was like right out of the gate in the pilot. And that's actually the only thing that really like super bothered me in the pilot. Well, I, I think that's hilarious because if you're offended uh, by the fat jokes and you're telling me you're not offended by the incest implication between Ross and Monica because Listen, it's there, it's all over I the feel text. like you're reading more into that. They just are close. Jamie, that's absurd. <laughs> They're huff close. Are, are they huff close or are they like property brothers? Cersei close? and Jamie Lannister close. And I'm going to timestamp you right now. Uh, minute 18, second 24, when Phoebe offers to rub Monica's socked foot in a public coffee shop. Got a lot of issues with that, just straight up, uh, by the no, way. No, you can't take off your shoes in a coffee shop. Monica sits down, puts her socked foot up. Phoebe starts to massage it. What happens? It cuts directly to Ross, who like leans forward in his seat, almost bites <laughs> his lip. And wistfully Stop is it. watching. I'm not Don't making this up. That. This is just in the Don't text. Don't do that to Ross. It's implying he has a sister foot fetish. That's weird. And then right before him and uh, Ross and Rachel uh, uh, decide to split a cookie together. Right. Oreo. And the way they split the Oreo is for one of them to get the um, bare bone uh, dry socket top layer. <laughs> and right. for Rachel to get the, the cream side. Um, which is insane. You split that thing down the middle. You don't split it top to bottom. Um, in that scene, before Courtney Cox goes to bed, they cut to them on the couch. They've just finished a movie or something. Um, and his arm is around her. She is like sitting in the nook of his shoulder. Yeah. And her left hand is on his <laughs> upper thigh. I'm not making that up. That is true. I, have a sister. I did notice that. I've never, ever <laughs> I have sat a brother. Like that we have never sat like that. Ever. That's insane. That is insanity right now. I don't But like listen, it. you know, I was watching the uh, Beckham documentary on Netflix and Harper, their daughter, always kisses mom and dad on the mouth. Okay. How old like, Harper, the daughter? Harper's like 15, 16. 
Okay, a 15-year-old kissing dad on the mouth. Uh, yeah, no, we're not, not talking about bad. a three-year-old. We're not talking yeah. about a three-year-old. Yeah, like, it's, I just, and listen, I just think there are certain people who are like, what? Like, that's what we do. I call my dad Papa, and I kiss him on the mouth. I call my brother Bubba, and yeah. I sit in the crook of his And I touch arm. his upper leg. That is like, <laughs> I feel like I would be electrocuted. Like, it would feel so inappropriate and wrong. Um, I also, the, uh, there was a cutaway, like, when Ross is getting kind of drunk in his sad apartment. Um, and he basically looks out the window, like, who am I going to love? And it cuts to Rachel in the window and they do the song. That's that no, was weird. Was that was dumb. I was like, I'm glad we didn't really do this again. Yeah. Like the like rain. We don't know what show this is yet. So we're just going to try some stuff. I get it. And that's a pilot. That's And that would be my other thing that I did not like is this setup of Sad Ross that will actually never leave us. Like, yeah. <laughs> for the most part. He's always going to be sad. And yeah. and we and look, I recognize the reality of that. We all have someone in our life who is the sad person. Yeah. And we love them because there's many reasons to love that person. But right. if you're like, if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, I don't think I have a sad person. You're, you're the, the sad, sad person. person. Yeah. And eventually they stop hanging out with you because you're not fun. I'm sorry. It's just you how You don't it get is. invited on the girls' trips because yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that, do we really want to bring Rachel? She's yeah. tough. Yeah. She's going to be a, a, a vibe a, a vibe shift. Um, I, You know, this, this is uh, – I didn't put this into what I liked. I'm not putting it in what I didn't like. I'm putting it into thing I could talk myself into. Uh, it's not the laugh track. It's just the studio audience. Because I felt like instead of a, wow. just a laugh track where it's just like insert canned laughter, there was a real vibe. Because there were a couple moments where they would do something comedically and they would really laugh. And like you could tell like uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston and, and uh, uh, Courtney Cox had to like pause and accommodate the sound yes. before they continued. I kind of like that. I love a live studio audience. And it is actually one of the things – I missed. Now, I didn't want canned laughter. I want it to be authentic. Mm -hmm. But I kind of love it. And I think about like that audience didn't know anything about these people or yeah. the show or this. And they were really having a raucous good time. Yeah. They were, it was a little forced at the beginning when they're just like doing one-liners in the coffee shop and you don't know what the vibe is. And they're like really selling the laughter. But it really settled in for me. I really enjoyed it. Like uh, anything else you didn't like? Besides no, not the incest. You really were okay with the incest, but. <laughs> well, now I got to add it to my list or it's going to no, be a weird. Suddenly don't get bullied I'm into not liking incest. I, see, people are going to be like, she likes cocaine eight balls and incest. I can't be that person. I'm from Alabama. Yeah. That's a stereotype. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, low key MVP in this pilot for you. Oh, listen, it's the women. I, I, it really is the women because Phoebe is given not a lot to do. This is not, she is not meant to shine in this because the focus really is on Rachel right. and kind of introducing her to this group. But Phoebe picking the aura, uh, trying to sing a few of my favorite things and mm -hmm. not knowing the lyrics. It's just saying randomly, I pulled out four eyelashes. Is that okay? <laughs> That seems bad. Like, yeah. I love her. I love Monica. I, Courtney Cox is from Birmingham, Alabama. So I've always had a, a strong affection for her. Her family still lives here. And I love her for that. I did love that I read about uh, in the pilot, they sent out a questionnaire to the studio audience about Monica's promiscuity. Oh. Because she slept with uh, Paul the wine guy on That's the right. first date. Yeah. And what was, and NBC was concerned that, quote, Monica would seem like a slut. Oh. <laughs> And uh, and it said the studio audience uh, wholeheartedly disagreed and said, I would sleep with Paul the wine guy on the first date. He's wow. a very hot man. Yeah. Okay. And I he mean, was. You, can, you can make the he case was she was doing charity work for him because she got snookered into that. You know, she did get snookered into that. And then look, I think Jennifer Aniston is a superstar out of the gate, walking yes. into that coffee shop in that wedding dress. 
It's like, nobody knows who I am. My dad is a villain on Days of Our Lives. Yeah. And you are going to freaking love me. And we did. We freaking loved her. Like we did. Yeah. She, I think she really is the straw that stirs the drink. And it, it felt a lot to me like if there was a show just based on Phoebe, uh, Monica and Rachel, great show. If there was a show just built on Chandler, Joey and Ross, uh, I don't know if it's getting a whole season. You know what I mean? So I I think it it is a great hierarchy of the guys exist to kind of support the, uh, the lady storyline. And I think Jennifer Aniston, I think Courtney Cox is the, the steadying element and yes. Jennifer, she's the how Jennifer Aniston's the wow, you know, and it really yes. makes it like, sing oh yeah, together. for sure. Um, I had, uh, there was a couple of low key MVPs, uh, Franny, the sous chef person ish, um, who just, oh. I don't know what the hell she's doing with that salad in that bowl, but she just comes in there to like tell Monica sh- that's sloppy seconds. And I don't know what salads are. And then she like dips. Why does the kitchen look like that? It looks oh like they're God. cooking in a hall. Thank like, you. What's I'm, going I'm so on? excited to talk about this kitchen in this apartment because <laughs> a lot of times you get on TV and I don't know if friends was at the beginning of this or the end of this and everything is like precise and perfect. Um, and like picture aesthetic, like everything that kitchen is a disaster. It's very cluttered. Um, I counted 31 red chili peppers hanging from like a hook in like that. Oh. I'm not, I counted, I stopped. But and I we counted. love the chili. It's like the rooster of the, of the late eighties, early nineties. Everybody had a ceramic rooster in their kitchen or the, are Tuscan- you alleging those were not real? Like those, those were uh, decorative chili peppers. Yeah. Well, no, I think they were real and decorative. Okay. Okay. See, I, t- I swap I, yeah. them out. I buy like, I always buy like 12 jalapeno peppers and I only use like two of them. Right, but I just right. like, I'd like to buy a lot of peppers. You want to know it. You're prepared if you need to add a jalapeno to something. Yeah, of course. But there's just a lot of, um, uh, for it to be a, a, like a three camera kind of sitcom situation, I liked, there's a lot of detail, like Monica eating the unfrosted Pop-Tart like an adult. Like you don't eat frosted Pop-Tarts. That's weird and insane. Uh, the fridge. What? Wait, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. Babies brown eat frosted sugar. Pop-Tarts. No. And... Brown sugar cinnamon is frosted. We eat it frosted. No, you eat it unfrosted like Monica, who is the- no. She's advertised as the normal person of this show. No. So I think that's a good uh, template. No, we eat it ball. frosted with a little pat of butter. No. Toasted. What are you talking about? Toasted. That's insane. Put a little butter on it, toasted. That's like eating so pizza good. and ranch. It's like you can't combine everything. That's also all the time. delicious. No, that's it's too also much. So good. It's too many infinity stones of flavor. What are you doing? It's crazy. Uh, and then the fashion. I really like the fashion. I oh, like when they tried to put Chandler in a hat, who's the, it's like when you try to put a hat on a dog. <laughs> And it shakes it off after a minute. It's like, don't ever do that again. That was weird. Ross had like a zero collar thing when yes. he was getting Rachel to cut up her credit cards. <laughs> right. I went online. I was like, where can I get that? Where can I get what Ross wore in the pilot? I love Listen, that. Listen, when Monica is in a tiny baby tee with yep. a spaghetti strap sundress on top of it. Yep. First of all, I wore that, like no doubt, but I want to wear it again. Yeah. I want to wear it right now, but I'm not the age where, and listen, there are no rules. Wear what you want. That's but right. Like, it's Outback. The I can't right. be in a baby tee walking to tacos. I well, not with that attitude, but you can. Well, fair. You can if you want to, you know. Uh, best scene for you. Listen, it is uh, Rachel's conversation with her dad on the phone. <laughs> When she's acting alone, because she's not engaging with anyone else, she's not even like giving eye contact. It's just her, the camera, and the phone. And when she says, and listen, this, this, I should have this needle pointed and put on my wall. Cause when she's like, it's like all my life, everybody keeps telling that, telling me that I'm a shoe. You're a shoe. You're a shoe. You're a shoe. But what if I don't want to be a shoe anymore? Maybe I'm a purse or a hat. I don't want you to buy me a hat. I'm saying I am a hat. It's a metaphor, daddy. And listen, to this day, my dad will say something that is not even 
logical for me to respond this way, but I'm always like, it's a metaphor, daddy. <laughs> like it, he'll be like, why did you, why did you not roll up your water hose yeah. and put it back in the thing? And I was like, it's a metaphor, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, stop saying that. He doesn't know why I say it. I like that you're adding yourself as a still calls her dad, daddy girl. That's interesting. No, that's, the, on, no, that's mm, the only time I say it. I would no, no, never. No, no, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Totally. I'm, this is, this is what I call him. Chuck. Chuckles. Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I call him Chuck. Like, hey, yeah. hey, get off my nuts about the hose. Uh, what, like, what are you, the government? Like, get out of here. What are you doing? Yeah, man? and and did you pay for that hose? I technically you did. He did okay. give me as a gift, so <laughs> sure. that's fair. It's fair. Yeah, it's fair. It's okay, it's a fair comment. Uh, I this is dumb, but I well, it's a tie. I liked Phoebe's origin story um, of Perfect. how she came to New York. Yeah, it's like I, you you kind of hit on it, but Phoebe's whole vibe of like. She's a, she's a perfect like, six man, like, like in basketball, like the six man award, it's this person that comes in when the subs are out or when the stars are out, but they still like need to maintain the scoring vibe, but it's just gotta be different. It's just gotta be completely different from the starters. That's what Phoebe is. She's the perfect J, like, uh, like James Harden, six man, like OKC where she comes in and she carries it for a minute and everyone's like, what is happening? I don't know, but it's incredible. So when she goes and just talks about being with a guy who's an albino at the yeah. Port Authority. It's like, God, what are you talking about? But it's beautiful. I love and it. that that's what she carries throughout the show. Yeah. I mean, like when she finds the finger in the Pepsi, mm-hmm. when, you know, even like I forget sometimes that Paul Rudd like was a huge wow. character on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and marries her. And that when she carries the triplets, I like that there, she's a seasoning and she didn't have to carry really hardly any ma- major storylines. Yeah. But when it shows up and it's fun, I just love when it's fun with her. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's got like a strobe light, you know, if that's on all the time, you're going to have a stroke and die. But if it's on every now and then at the bowling alley with the kids and it's fun, that's cool. But I don't want to live there. And your your shirt uh, is fluorescent. You're like, oh, this is fun. But I don't want to wear that all the time. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not living there. I also liked, um, it's small, but when they're all watching, it's the telenovela that they uh, fat shame the, the girl in the jeans. Uh, who really felt about well, I would argue, yeah. like we Thank both you. did. Um, Thank you. When they were rooting for one of the women to push the other down the stairs, yes, that's when I was like, I like this because there's a uh, there's a level of like, I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to say funny, quippy things. But then there's like subversive humor, you know, where I do feel like every group of fen- friends will watch something and root for something chaotic to happen, root for some anarchy. And that's yes. real and it's not always captured uh, on TV. But I, I like that they captured it here. Listen, uh, my senator, uh, Tommy Tupperville, I don't know if y'all are familiar. Yeah. Uh, he's held up military promotions. He uh, has violated ver- a variety of laws uh, yeah. governing how you can use your intel being on any important committees. And he does not live in the state of Alabama. It was proven right. recently that he is a senator from here, but does not have a home here at right. all. Um, and he lives in Florida. And uh, he fell down some stairs coming off a plane. And I posted about how great it was. And somebody was like, listen, you can judge him on his politics, but we don't need to mock people for fall- for falling downstairs. And I was like, Oh, that's wrong. the worst take. That's I the know. worst I take. I was like, girl, you're wrong. And then she was like, that says more about your character. And I was no. like, fine, because I will always root for karma to be your boyfriend and take you down some airplane stairs. Like, listen, if you are the worst. Yeah. I don't care. If you're a serial killer, I don't care if you're Jesus Christ. If you fall down some stairs, I'm laughing at you. It is I'm laughing hilarious. At you. It's always 100% funny. If it's I, always funny. If we are on a plane and I fall down the stairs and I turn around and you and Aaron aren't oh, laughing at me, I'm I'll be, be disappointed. 
I will be so disappointed. I'll be filming and laughing. I'll be like, how quick can I get this camera on? Incredible. Incredible. Uh, Best quote for you uh, in this pilot. Well, I have two. One is something that I put on every baby card. Like if my friends have a baby, which they don't really do anymore because they're old now. Geriatric Mm -hmm. pregnancies. Mm -hmm. But I had a friend recently had a baby and I put in the card, welcome to the real world. It sucks. You're going to love it. (laughs) <laughs> and I love when Monica says that to Rachel. And then I also, <laughs> I do love Rachel when Monica is like, I can't stop smiling. And she's like, it does look like you slept with a hanger in your mouth. Yeah. I just love an innuendo. It is my favorite. And that's the, uh, that's the one, the studio audience, they bounced on that one. They, oh. were, they were like, oh my God, this is incredible. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. My, I, I spoiled mine at the top. The uh, uh, albino guy. Port Authority. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect one. It's a perfect. It's it's great. It's great chaos energy. This episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. I just love a reason to celebrate a niche pop culture themed holiday, don't you? Whether it's April 25th, known as the perfect date, when all you need is a light jacket. If you know, you know, or better yet, May the 4th. I'll gladly go all in. I was trying to think of a fun way to decorate R2 Dusty in honor of this most holy day of the year. And then I found out that Pear Eyewear just launched a Star Wars theme collection. Now I think I might have to celebrate by getting some new top frames for me instead, because the force is just that strong in their newly launched Star Wars collection. You guys, I'm not even joking. These frames are so adorable. And when I saw that they had a Grogu gradient, I could not contain my excitement. They have 21 unique designs that are all perfectly niche in the most delightful way. Their interpretations of familiar Star Wars icons are like fun Easter eggs that you can easily snap onto your favorite glasses whenever you're in the mood for a change. I love that their frames are so affordable at just $25 and that changing them is so easy. Hearing that little snap when you change out your frames, so satisfying. From legendary battles to formidable icons, these epic designs are for true fans. And whether you side with the Rebels, the Dark Side, or the Mandalorian, Pair Eyewear has got you covered. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to PairEyewear.com and use code POP for 15% off your first pair and support the show by mentioning that the podcast sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Iwear.com, code POP. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Let's uh, uh, let's do what's your lasting impression uh, from this show? Like uh, after seeing the pilot, because I don't think I'd ever seen the pilot, to be honest with you. This oh, the first time really? I've seen it. So this was like a like a transformative uh, moment for me. But from oh, you, good. like it can be the pilot, but it can also be the show. Like if you want to stretch it out uh, that far, like what what uh, stays with you? 
I did love this pilot. I think you're right. I think this is once it finds its rhythm, maybe after the first break, like the first act, it just is fantastic. I think this show, I, I like what Wesley Morris from the New York Times said once. And he said, Friends actually is enormously easy to watch. The genius has everything to do with the calm arising from the sit. What trouble would the gang instigate? Whether you're watching an episode for the first or the 27th time, the inciting premise is a major element of the pleasure. It's just friends. Yeah. And I and I think that's right because so many sitcoms, even like workplace comedies, like The Office, I think it was one of the, the struggles of The Office is because it just didn't stay inside The Office. Yeah. Like keep it simple. Now we're going to be like, we're in an art show. Yeah. Oh, now we're at a wedding in Niagara Falls. Like anything that was taking you out of the office, it just felt like, I don't need to know about their personal life. Yeah. I just want the hints of it, like a real workplace. But that's what I think was great about the show is it was like, no matter where they went or what they, it was all about their relationship with each other. Even when it was, com- I mean, because my favorite art probably of all time is Chandler and Monica trying to hide that they are having <laughs> sex. And how one by one over multiple episodes, they start to find out. And you end with Ross going, my eyes, my, no, Phoebe. You start with Phoebe going, my eyes, my eyes. And it's just, I just love that it's always just been about them. And so I do love the show. I mean, obviously there are a lot of, we could be critical of all of the weaknesses, like, you know, the fat phobia. And then, and I, I think on the run of 10 seasons, there was one black character. Okay. Um, Yeah. That's a choice. Right. And so that's a, it's weird that you would live in New York City and not have any friends who aren't yeah. white. That's notoriously weird. white city, New York City, as we all know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But as far as just a straight up sitcom, I think it's a really good sitcom. Yeah. You know, I think um, to the, the, the Wesley Morris point, I think it's a reminder that storytelling, sometimes it gets in love with the complexity of things and the arrangements. And I feel like this is, it's the same uh, central six characters, characters, and for the most part, the same um, establishing shop places. You're always yes. kind of in the coffee shop, some, one of the apartments. You know, they iterate off that a little bit, but fundamentally, it's the same people, same settings. But the creativity is in the different ways uh, people and ideas bounce off each other. And to do that for a season, it takes a steady hand and a confident. Uh, writing staff, you know, and I think, you know, uh, there've been stuff written or things written about all the people who went, uh, came from friends and wrote on friends and went and did their own things and had their own successes. Oh, yeah. So it's a really talented room, uh, not just like performers on the camera, but behind the camera. But I think it's a testament to, it doesn't have to be that it, 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 the complexity of setting and style doesn't have to be the thing. It can just be really confident, thoughtful storytelling with really capable, um, talented performers. And that can keep that- that's right. And I think for me, because it may, it makes me think a lot, not that I'm equating the podcast with <laughs> friends, but many people re- do. You wouldn't be the I know, first. Of course. But so a listener recently uh, posted that it was a tweet from uh, Southern's Gothics who said, I don't listen to podcasts to learn something beneficial. In fact, I'm actively against bettering myself. Mm. I listen to podcasts to hear two complete freaks who are over familiar with each other spout nonsense for 50 minutes and then in time to adopt their speech patterns myself. And I thought, yeah, it's because sometimes, obviously, we have listeners who are sometimes disappointed in our lack of fill in the blank. Right. Like we we we're not enough of this or not enough of this. And it's like I think we're just trying to have the calm rise from the sit. And yeah. I like that concept of like we're just trying to do. And that's why I watched Friends and and a lot of sitcoms that I watch to this day. It's just like I just want to disappear in it for a minute 
Yeah. And I don't, because the real world is waiting at the end of the 22 minutes. Like it's yeah. waiting for you. And so I think there's, it's not to, it, and it's not to hide from the real world. It's just to take a mental health break for yourself. And it doesn't always have to be like, I don't have to, I don't have to learn anything. And I can adopt the speech patterns of Joey right. Tribbiani. Of some freaks. It, it doesn't have to be a very special episode about uh, how much an eight ball is <laughs> and why you let your friend hold it. But I do know? think some people learned some things today about yeah, eight balls. Yeah. yeah, I think we all did, to be honest with you. I can't believe that. In this economy, <laughs> so it's insane. Who can afford, in the year of Barbie, we're charging $700 for cocaine? I can't. Honestly, it now, it explains uh, Pablo Escobar's wealth and him having just like crazy animals around. I guess you can yeah. buy that kind of uh, stuff with that kind of money. That's Is that why right. drugs are so attractive to get into? I don't know. I'm not saying we're in the wrong business. But oh. I'm just saying there are businesses with better margins is what I'm learning. <laughs> That's you know? exactly right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, since Friends is an old show, I'm not going to ask you if you're going to keep watching it because it's done now. Duh, obviously. <laughs> uh, but I really uh, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, and it's, you know, I think there are worse shows to rewatch uh, if you had to. Like the, the, the Tired is rewatch The Office. Maybe Wired is rewatching Friends, you know, if you haven't already. I like that. I, they should use that as their tagline on Max. It should yeah. be like, there are worse shows you could rewatch. Yeah. Like. Come on down. I'm glad that I remember this is kind of time sensitive, but not completely time sensitive because I re- you don't know how bad I wanted to bring up the Jennifer Aniston, uh, John Hamm sex scene in the morning show, which is the <gasps> only reason I'm it. thinking about I going back. I know, but I think, I, I think I'm just going to parachute in, watch that episode and just be like, <laughs> all right, that's pretty sick. Awesome job guys. You know, I don't Yikes. know. I don't know. I don't. I, Listen, I love, I'm not, hold on. I love this puritanical Jamie no, Golden that I'm seeing that. here. Can I be honest with the you? The lady it's, doth protest too much. Okay. No, I love a good sex scene. Are you kidding? I just don't know that I love the olds as much. Oh, wow. Ageist sex scenes. I don't mean to be ageist about this. I think it's because when I was in college, I took human sexuality as one yeah. of my classes. And out the gate, Dr. Owen Smith made us watch two elderly people have sexual intercourse. And I was like, oh, they are old. They were in their 80s. And I was I like, think oh. When you tell like old, old red Southern people about the atrocities <laughs> at university, that's what they're thinking of. I, I didn't realize like they actually did that, but you've just scared off a whole generation. That was my hazing because I wasn't in a sorority. So are you equating John Hamm and Jennifer Aniston? No, of course as not. Old people these are, slapping uglies these to what are you saw. Dunners. I don't know what it is about like i feel like i've known them both a very long time and it's weird to see them have sex with each other this is this is the hottest weird take i've ever heard don draper and rachel yeah the the fact that you're disgusted by this i i I, i'm gonna need a minute to recover incredible incredible i'm gonna go watch it and i'll report back in another episode yeah and the more you know i'll report back answer if you would watch John Hamm and Jennifer Aniston have sex, like in a show, not like in public or like peeping Tom. That's weird. You know, <laughs> now that I actually might, I think I might be more interested in that. Now you're back in. Now you're back now in. Back in. An illegal video like recording. Like they're in love? Them. Like they're Without in consent. love? Okay. No, okay. with consent. And they're okay. in love. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I believe they are. I believe they're great actors and they believe it in the moment. You know? <laughs> All right, Jamie, you want to do some lights? <gasps> Let's do some lights. All right. What is your red light this week? Okay. My red light this week. Listen, holiday traditions, some are amazing, right? Hot flash cocktails, sausage balls, gift cards instead of a sweater I did not pick out. Mm-hmm. I hope my family is listening. Uh, those are magical in every way. However, red light to the enormous stressor that is family holiday cards, okay? Mm-hmm. Particularly photo cards. It starts in October, right? With finding the perfect leaf color combo to complement your anthro and Orvis fashion 
choices. And then there's the waiting on the proofs and picking out a minted design that you love, but it doesn't work with your favorite photo of your own face because it's in a portrait layout and you've picked out a design that's in landscape, right? And then what you thought would be 50 cents a card with your promo code is actually $17 a card and does not include an envelope because that is $2 extra. Mm. And then you upload all your addresses. By the way, uh, not checking if any of those live in there anymore. And I know that's happening because I have received three Christmas cards this season for people who have not lived in my home in more than nine years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So update those addresses. Um, Also, you then pay through the nose for that calligraphy. And when they arrive, it's in Comic Sans. And now it's too late to reprint them. And then you finally post that photo, that family photo of you on social. And we become curious as a global audience of why the Prince and Princesses of Wales have chosen a JCPenney black and white layout where everyone is wearing jeans and a white button down Sure. The only way that photo could be worse is if they were at the beach in matching Christmas fast casual dining wear. Uh, the British royal family, as a record, for the record, owns 30 homes, castles, palaces, manors, cottages. And yet still they chose an abandoned mall photo kiosk run by a guy named Alfie to take their Christmas card photo. Royal family, you good? What's going on? You okay? They felt very relatable to me. I really Did it feel relatable? That. Have you yeah. ever had a family photo in an Olin Mills or a JCPenney? No, I feel like the timing, it wasn't any principled stand. I think the timing didn't work against me, fortunately. That's fair. Listen, I'm just saying, I do believe that the royal family does need a publicist from this century. And that would just be my suggestion of being like, because listen, the Waleses have done an amazing job up until this year. This reminds me of her 40th uh, birthday portrait where it was filtered to the 20,000th degree and it was supposed to feel like an heirloom. But it's like, girl, you use use 2022, girl. Mm. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, not my vibe. Uh, not my monkey. Not my circus. I would say if I was their publicist, I'd be like, guys, this year, the theme is um, we're going whale watching and we're going to Photoshop <laughs> some whales and we're just going to like let the whales really watching like whales. Exactly. <sighs> Dang it. Prince That's perfect. Wales. Yeah. So Listen, I, I feel like at least that would be funny and make sense. But yeah. this. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Not, not at all. I will say to the Christmas card um, uh, of it, Yeah, I think that I, I've noticed, I feel like people have been kind of, man, if I was, if I wanted to pun intended, I'd say mailing it in this year, Uh-oh. but I'm not going to do that because okay. I'm not even getting those. I just haven't, like we haven't gotten any, like where, where are the, um, uh, maybe we're like our friend group is kind of turning 40 and that's when like you really get broken because yeah. used to all these Enneagram ones and, and type A personalities, we, we knew it would be like November 28th. We're getting the Christmas card on yeah. the, it would be like a flood, like the first right. wave. I think we've got like four and oh wow, you know, we're almost halfway through December and I just don't know like what's up. Is everybody okay? I didn't even want them, but I'm just worried about people. Like usually I've gotten your card by now. No, I'd be curious if you're yeah. listening, are you a Christmas card sender? Have you sent it or did you decide no more? This is an expectation I will not meet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I would hope it's the latter, but uh, who knows? Who knows? I would just be interested uh, in the story of it. Uh, I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna do. Um, I've got one about. Well, I, I'll do. I'll do a baby one first. I'm actually gonna red light you, Jamie, because Uh-oh. I. It's been a few days now since yeah. the tornadoes came through uh, the Alabama area, yeah. and you still haven't done the victory lap on Oklahoma. I know you want to do, and oh, I don't yeah. know if it's if you're just like if you're trying to be respectful of time. But I know you want to dunk on Oklahoma. Listen, 
listen, Oklahoma's had a tough fall, and I wanted to be thoughtful about that. Sure. Uh, their teams failed uh, right. in all sports, and the whole Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, yeah. that is basically the state, the people who run the state, literally the Drummonds, who are taking a hit PR sure. wise. And I didn't want to just rain down on them as, again, you are no longer. And again, Mother Nature has moved. She has found a better place to ruin yeah. people's lives, and she's not into Oklahoma anymore. Again, but I will stand by. It's easier to have a tornado in a flat place than it a is. hilly place. So don't talk to me about, well, oh, we have a tornado. You see them. You film them for eight hours before yep. they even get to your house. And here we're like, oh, my stars. There's a tornado at the door. And we like, just Bernice, that, that tornado just hopped over the hill. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I like that we took their tornadoes. The degree of difficulty is so much higher here right. in the South. Like, yes. what, did you, what were you even good at, Oklahoma? So I just... <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm worried you're losing your edge. And like old, you know, a couple of years ago, Jamie, you would have been 30 minutes after the tornadoes hit on Front Street being like Oklahoma, like you know, we took your girl. What's maybe, up? <laughs> you know what it is? It's probably because I'm being more thoughtful to the indigenous communities of Oklahoma. Mm. The white people can suck it, but everybody okay. else, my bad. Yeah. We, we still, y'all you, you got your own drama. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, like you're going to handle your business. Yeah. And we'll handle our business, which is basically no power, trees aren't like, our staff, like Christiana was super cash on like, Hey, um, our substation got hit by a tornado and we don't have power for. Hey, Nox and Jamie. Um, sorry to bother you really quick. <laughs> Did you see the mushroom cloud in Tennessee earlier? That was, uh, my neighbor. So I don't know if I'll make it to work today. <laughs> Listen, and by the way, the best part is we got a DM from sweet baby angel, Angie Grant, who said, hi, just wanted to check in and make sure Knox and his family are all good after the tornadoes yesterday. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. It's the rest of us. Like, yeah. No, it's just me. Just me. But I think, you know what it is? I think people think you just live in Tennessee. They yeah. don't know where. It's a long, it's a log. He's on one whole other side of there's like, it. There's probably only one in, like habitable city in Tennessee. So it's probably the one that got <laughs> but, hit. You know what? To be honest, you've got three solid cities. Like three yeah. solid yeah, I'm sure there are other Tennessees. State, you no, know? no offense to Franklin, but there are three solid cities to live in in Tennessee. Now, which one? So. Is, which ones are you talking about? Chattanooga, uh huh, Nashville, and Memphis. Okay, I didn't know. I thought Knoxville was going to make the cut, but man. Oh, wow. I yeah. forgot about. We'll um, it's too orange for me. That's not my. That was not be my journey. But yeah. Knoxville is pretty because of the anything with a river. Why are rivers? Why do rivers make some things so much prettier? Yeah, that's true. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of good river work uh, in Tennessee, uh, that's yeah. for sure. So, baby red light to you. I'm also, Everything I want to red light the country of Tunisia um, because they're big. <laughs> wow, mad. I hate to be in the same red light as Tunisia. Sorry. That's tough. You know what? <laughs> like, I will say, Tunisia's been guilty of some bad things. This is the less bad thing, you know? Oh. But it's just a stupid bad thing. They're just, they're, they're big, big mad about this. I think I talked before, maybe a couple months ago, uh, they announced this Hannibal uh, movie. Uh, yeah. The ancient Rome, uh, uh, enemy of ancient Rome that Denzel was going to be in, yes. Ripley Scott's going to shoot. The idea was that Denzel was going to play some kind of uh, either flashback father figure or some kind of mentor. Um, but he's actually playing Hannibal, which I'm so excited about because oh, he's Denzel better. Washington. That's amazing. Uh, but Tunisia, okay, I'm going to pop quiz. Boom. Jamie, is Tunisia more upset about A, Denzel being old or B, Denzel being black? What do you think? Listen, the hard part is Tunisia is in Africa. Yeah. It yep. feels like, although, listen, there are a lot of people of color who live here and not everybody's down to clown. So it does feel like they're more upset that he's black. Yeah. he. So, it, you know, historically, 
Hannibal would not look like Denzel Washington. But I would like to remind you, this is a Netflix movie about Hannibal, and um, it's going to be historical fiction. And would you rather see Ashton Kutcher if he's more like genetically accurate, oh, or Lord. would you rather see Denzel Washington? <laughs> okay, it's Denzel. I am, okay, if, if I he am, wants to be Barbie, I'll watch the movie. It's Denzel. I don't care if he wants to play Screech in the Say by the Bell reboot. I'm I'm not going to be like, well, Screech wasn't black. I don't care. It's Denzel Washington. You just let him do whatever he wants to do. Well, I am just looking up the demographics of Tunisia learning, growing, uh-huh. and uh, black Tunisians do make up ten to fifteen percent of the population. Um, and they were brought to Tunisia as, of course, part of the slave trade. So that feels on brand Tunisia. Sure. Tunisia, I just think that's just not what the hill you want to die on. Now, let me, let me be, let me, let me be clear here. Like, um, it's one weird, I mean, it's not just one. It's probably like a couple of Tunisian politicians trying to fight the culture war. And I, I don't know, like the prime minister president, whatever of Tunisia was like, I don't care who plays Hannibal. I just want them to shoot some, shoot some of them scenes here. We'll give yeah. them a tax credit, get a little money. Netflix will get to know us. It'll be yeah. fun. We'll become best friends and they'll shoot all their movies here. So there's some pragmatic and, and hopeful people there. But there's just a couple dingle dongers who are like, Got my it. Hannibal wasn't black and didn't coach the Titans. Okay. My Hannibal <laughs> did punked and stuff like that. It's like, just go away, you dummies. Just go away, you dummies. Uh, what's your green light this week? Okay, I have two green lights. And uh, the first one is completely unexpected. I went and saw the movie The Boy and the Heron. And it's mm. because I am attracted to a person who's a nerd. And so mm. they really wanted to go see it. And I was like, okay. And now I remember, so this movie is made by Hayao Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. And Hayao Miyazaki made Spirited Away, which is a movie I love. 2001, mm-hmm. it's, you can watch it on Max. It's great. However, this movie, I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Y'all, this movie, it broke me as a person. It's set in 1943. A 12-year-old, uh, Mojito, he, his mother is killed in a hospital fire. And his father is like, got to remarry my sister-in-law. And so uh, gets remarried to his late wife's sister. And they kind of evacuate during the war to an estate in the countryside. And Mojito is really struggling with grief, with sadness, just being devastated by the loss of his mother, who was beloved to him. And he is pestered by a mysterious gray heron at the estate who tells him, hey, your mom's still alive. I can help you find her. And then they end up in this kind of abandoned tower and they end up in another world. It is such a stunning film. This is not an animated like kids film, although I think older kids would really love it. This movie is so crazy. It's beautiful. I cried like a baby. It's a stunning visual. The layers of what the filmmaker is really talking about. It's, I mean, like you could, you just, you could discuss it in a movie club for weeks. Here was the best part. At the end, I did not know. So it was originally a Japanese animated film and then they dubbed it with English speakers. And look, I was not ready because the whole time I was like, I don't recognize, except I recognized Flo Pew in the moment. I was like, mm. oh, that's my that's my girl, Flo Pew. But I didn't recognize any other voices. And so I waited to the credits and I could not believe it. The Gray Heron is vo- voiced by Robert Pattinson. What? And he does like a Bradley Cooper playing rocket job. It oh. is amazing. You would never know it's him. He sings and it's like stunning. Because that was like, I was like, whose voice is that? Like, I cannot tell. And he's got such a weird gravelly. Like, you would never know it's him. Anyway, listen, if you're looking for, like, your heart to soar a thousand miles, like, this is the movie to go see in the theaters. It actually is, like, the one of the first, like, animated films, like, foreign language animated films to rule the box office. It, like, came Mm -hmm. in number one at the box office. And rightfully so. This movie is fantastic. My other green light is a book called The Frozen River by Ariel 
Lahone. Now, here's the thing. This is a Good Morning America book club pick, which I would never pick as a green light, not because those books aren't sometimes good. And I do mean sometimes, not always, um, because I really want to bring you more books that are a little bit off the beaten path. But I had already read this before they picked it. And now I can't not tell you about it because it's excellent. So Ariel Lahone writes historical fiction based on a real person that you've never heard of. So she's most famous for writing Codename Helene that came out in 2020. It's a huge success. And I really love that book too. This book is set in a six month period in 1789, Maine, with a midwife named Martha Ballard, who was a real person. And a body's found in a river. She examines it and says, hey, this is a, this is a murder. And then the doctor in town is like, you're so cute and ladylike. That's not a murder. This was like an accidental drowning. Um, but the problem is the guy who is dead was being accused of a rape in the town. And, uh, and he had a co-conspirator who might be somebody else involved in this case. And so it's actually like a true crime blended with crime fiction, obviously. Um, it has some legal components that are really fascinating. Uh, you get some delightful family drama um, and a cranky horse, which I love I a love cranky, a cranky horse. horse. Love a cranky horse. So Martha is a fantastic layered and sharp protagonist and narrator. She gives, you'll love this. She gives Claire vibes from Outlander the mm. whole time. I pictured her. I was like, oh, she needs to play her when okay. this becomes so a film. It was so era? Is that what I'm hearing right now? A hundred percent. Well, 1789. Like, mm. I love it. Okay, so that's those are my green lights. What are your green light? You know, or what I, is your green light? Well, d- just one. Uh, don't green light shame me, please. My number. No, I'm sorry. No. You, you often do too. Don't. No, I, you are. But see, I'm feeling the pressure of getting it at the end of the year. Like, I'm like, I got to get all my green lights in. I'll list, I've got a huge, like, document, a bloated document where I'm like, right. I don't know. This movie that came out six years ago, I got a green light <laughs> at some point. So I'll, I'll work it in. But the, um, the Miyazaki point that you were making, yeah. I don't think people understand enough especially here in the in the west what a master he is it's he's not just like i do movies i I was trying to think while you were talking i was trying to think like what's the best comp to give him and the best i could come up with is like pixar john lasser pixar yeah but like times five and he's not weird and creepy and doesn't hug people against their will that's miyazaki (laughs) You know, which is Alleged- a lot. We don't we don't really know that about Hayao. Maybe he does. But- I looked. Well, I did Google scandal or I, I control F scandal in his Wikipedia really quick, and I didn't yeah. see any. No, so I don't think to now. Well, and I will say the other thing is this is his last film, probably. That's right. Now, his last two films have been his also last film. Right. And I thought about that and I read a great piece of a guy that just loves him and like a a YouTuber. And he said, he said, I think you do approach this as if it's his last film because he's 80. He's like 82. But he's like, approach it as as, as, because he made it as his last film. So his approach is what matters, not what ends up happening after. And I really love that concept of like, maybe that was uh, Martin Scorsese's last film or Quentin Tarantino or whoever, but then maybe it wasn't. And it doesn't mean they're bad that they decided to make another movie, but they did make that as if it was their last. And and, and they put all that into it. And I think uh, the interesting part was this, I think in tandem with this being the last movie, potentially uh, he was given no marketing budget for this movie. So the fact that it's top of the box office is uh, even more interesting. It's stunning. But I do like the idea of Miyazaki, one of the greatest animating masters of all time, being like, I just wanted to work with Edward Cullen, you know? I just Listen, wanted to snag the big and whale. And the best, the thing I read, I'm waiting for them to put out the visuals of him, you know, recording the voice actor. He's never been a voice actor. This is his first voice actor job. And they said he auditioned by sending some iPhone voice memos love it. of some of the dialogue and that's how they cast him it's amazing nuts? Anyway. i would love to be rich and, f- and i wouldn't want to be rich and famous but just the ability to be like 
I'm ordering at Starbucks and I'm also going to like rip off some uh, voice. <laughs> While auditions. I'm in this drive through, I'm just going to listen. And remember, you don't want to be rich and famous. You just want to be rich. That's right. That's 100% <laughs> right. Uh, my green light this week is a little Netflix movie called Leave the World Behind. Um, Jimmy, I think you mentioned you had greenlit the book. I guess yes. a couple years ago when it uh-huh. came out. Yeah. Um, this is uh, directed by Sam Esmail, one of our favorites here uh, at the podcast. Uh, it's also starring Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, uh, Ethan Hawke, and one of the weirdest Kevin Bacon roles I've ever seen in my life, to be honest with you. I don't know why but you're it here. it felt perfect what, too, right? It didn't feel like it, it worked. It, it was perfect, but also <laughs> was like, did you think this was it? Or is there a lot of stuff that got cut that you thought was a bigger role? Uh, but essentially... Um, uh, Julia Roberts is an unhealthy Enneagram five, I would say. Uh, <laughs> and she doesn't want to be in the city anymore. Um, and, with her family and her husband, uh, played by, uh, Ethan Hawke. So they, uh, do an Airbnb or a Airbnb or a Verbo or whatever, uh, right. you call it now. Mm-hmm. And they rent Mahershala Ali's, um, house, uh, and, uh, hijinks ensue globally. Um, I would say, uh, uh, but it really gets uh, kicked off when uh, I think it's, I think you pronounce it Mahila uh, Harold. Uh, she is, she's an industry, one of the stars of industry who is incredible. She's an incredible performer, uh, but he, uh, she plays uh, Marshall Ali's daughter. And uh, when they come to the house and say, this is our house, there's a blackout. We would like to stay the night. And you, you're not sure uh, if they're being authentic or not. Um, this, I, I like the concept. I like the execution. Sam Esmail is a, a phenomenal filmmaker. Uh, the story text obviously is is uh, very affecting and, and robust. I think what I really appreciate about this movie is um, it does a great job of executing, but it also doesn't pander or give you what you want. Uh, yeah. And a lot of the consternation about this movie is if you check Rotten Tomatoes, high critics, low audience. And I think the low audience is because of the ending, because it is less a let me let me change your diaper and send you out the door, you little baby. <laughs> It's right. more like you poop your pants, you clean it up yourself. You know, it's not my yeah. job to teach you like what this movie was about. And listen, I love this film. Listen, I've forgotten how much I love Sam Esmail because mm. of just his cinematography choices because they're so good. It's like he, he could not get a wider lens. He's like Beyonce going, I know they make a wider lens. And I just love that about him. Yeah. And the way that he, they, the way that this book, this is one of the times when I go, the book is excellent the movie is better because mm. a couple of changes they make. One is like you said, she plays the daughter in the book. The daughter is, is the one off screen that's, that's right. flying in. And that's why Denzel was originally going to play this part. And then they mm. changed it. His schedule got weird. Cause Tunisia, he was like, Oh, Tunisia wants me. And yeah. then, uh, so Mahershala Ali. So they kind of changed the dynamics there. And then the movie ends a little bit differently. I will not spoil it, but it ends a little bit differently, but I like the ending in, and even, the author, Ruman Alam, he said, I really loved this choice because I think it's such a testament to the American way. And it mm. is a testament to the American way. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And I think there's enough where you're not exactly sure if the filmmaker is judging you or affirming you. And I appreciate right. that about right. some things. There, there are some monologues or set pieces where I'm like, okay, I get it. Like you, you have a thing you want to tell me in the audience. I get that. So I, I get people bumping on that a little bit, but I, I just, this looks great. It's movie stars acting in it. It's a yes. really compelling story, just concept. Yeah. So it was, um, it was one of like, I blew through it. I stayed up super late Friday night to watch it because I was so excited to watch it. Um, and it executed a hundred percent. So I, I, Listen, I, I will say the only scene that I would have cut for sure is the one when we put on a record. And I was oh, like, I okay. am uncomfortable with whatever choices this actor is making. 
I do not like it. So but I know that's what I'm about supposed Julia to Roberts feel. And her dancing. <laughs> that's what you're talking about, and that's okay. Her dancing is so uncomfortable. Also, is it weird? Like I loved her so much in this because she felt very real. Like yeah. she would be on Karen's of TikTok, and I loved it because yeah, she it felt like she it. was at like an Amy Schumer dinner party, yeah. and just like really cutting loose. And right. it's great. I the um Walmart. Walmart brand Chalamet. He worked pretty yes. well. I liked he him. D- Why are there so many of them? There's so many. There of are them. so many. It's like a he cloning experiment that went awry. Uh, the the no. daughter is great, but I think fundamentally, Mahershala Ali is oh. just. I could listen to him like read the ingredients on uh, uh, cherry cake. Yes. He's so good. Yes. I love him so he much. He was great. So I urge people to check it out. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. And before you go, remember anytime you do any shopping, make sure to go to amazon.com slash shop slash podcast first. So your purchase user affiliate link. Your favorite item purchase using that link this week was, Jamie, this is a pair. This is Grey's Anatomy women's scrub pants. Listen, these are the actual scrubs used on Grey's Anatomy. Really? Like they have the licensing and so they're able to sell them. Listen, this has 4.6 stars out of 1,300 reviews. Uh, two things. First, the question I love the most was, is the XXL Plus mean it's tall? Mm. And Becca answered, no. It just means it's a bit bigger than just XXL. Wow. Everybody learning. I love it. Um, and then my favorite one-star review came from Megan. Uh, Megan said, I am a thicker milkshake. Okay. And it is what it is. These pants were super thin and not high enough for me to feel comfortable bending over. And then an edit was made to the review and she added, I'm a vet picking up dogs. Wow. So I don't know why we needed to add the parentheses. Yeah. Because she was like, I don't want people to think I'm like a nurse who's just constantly dropping it like it's hot. I don't want them to think that. She's like, I'm okay with flashing these dogs with these thin pants, but not like. That's right. That's right. All right, you guys. Don't forget, we would love for you to get our, uh uh-oh, dang it, last minute gift guide. You can go to knoxandjamie.com slash newsletter, or if it's past Friday, December 15th, you can get it at knoxandjamie.com slash last minute. I'm Jamie. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamie B. Golden. I'm Knox McCoy. You can find me on socials at Knox McCoy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.